0: will be legal. We'll barely get extreme! Rules were
1: made for superstars like Dean Ambrose.
2: If Ambrose is disqualified, he's gonna lose his Intercontinental Championship to the Miz! For the first time ever, we're going to have an Extreme Rules Fatal Five-Way Match. And the winner will face Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship.
1: I never lost.
2: Ray Wyatt. I will take this. spirit of destiny. And I will deliver it right into the heart of the beast. Or Roman Reigns. And I'm the only guy around here that
1: can beat Brock Lesnar. This is my yard.
2: Every man for himself. Who is the favorite? Everybody has an opportunity. What a fine man could change the course of the new era.
1: And the other thing that was really, really annoyed me about this match as well, and this has become my new bugbear as well, is referees trying to convince people to not hit people with weapons. As I discussed on the thing last week, he's like, Dean, no, no, don't, you'll get the it you can't do it, Dean, no, no, why do you give a fuck? When you get it over, then you can finish your job early and go back home and have a nice little bath. Or whatever his referees do afterwards. <laughs> after matches. Surely, if you're a referee, be like, do you know what? I want this over quickly so I can just fuck off and watch some Netflix or whatever. But no, he's there. Don't do it. What have you do? So passionate. Dean, don't hit him with the chair. Don't do it. You don't want this. If he's dumb enough to go and hit someone with a chair, knowing what the stipulation is, then
0: fuck him. Do you think, unlike the wrestlers that Jim Ross used to remind us, we're not paid by the hour? Maybe the referees are, which is why Uh, they don't want the matches to end so quickly.
1: I really see this. They're basically like, they're like, okay, so we're going to have a match. Can I make a suggestion, boss? Yes, referee. Iron Man (laughs) match. No. Not again. You keep suggesting this. We're not going to have another Iron Man match. We can't have nine Iron Man matches on this one show. So please stop it.
0: Broadway draw?
1: Yeah, all right, okay. How about Broadway? No, okay.
0: <laughs> Tom was like, can I think of anything else that goes I was
1: think hour? I was thinking of like when you like a get um, either a gauntlet match, which you could make last for quite a long time, or one of those old hardcore matches from back in the day where they'd fight throughout the rest of the arena and then the rest of the matches would continue and then they'd come back later on. Referees be getting mad bunts
0: like the one that. we covered not too long ago, old man, which also yeah. included Dean Ambrose.
1: Mm,
0: uh, he did, yeah, against against Luke Harper, which yeah, the league. match went for 59 minutes officially. So yeah, the referee that was on for all that time.
1: You'd be you'd, been, you'd have earned so much money. And then there's the other referee doing the Alexa Bliss and Bailey match. He's like, I can't afford to pay my mortgage. <laughs>
0: to the Random Wrestling Review, I'm Ben Spindler and today we're going extreme once more, though saying that I realise it might excite those expecting a show based around ECW and in fact it's just an indicator that we're reviewing another extreme rule show, which is in truth anything but extreme and in fact rather tame in places. One thing that is not tame is the RWR Originals crew who are back together for the first time since the end of April some seven episodes ago. But for those of you not familiar with that lineup, firstly, we have old man Sam Kerry. All right, cunts. <laughs> Lovely. And we have Tom Smith.
1: The cunts stole my line, didn't he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now we've established that we're all just a bunch of cunts together, we can uh, enjoy the pod and go forward with our episodes today. How are we doing? Seven. Episode. That's
1: bonkers, isn't it? I, did, I felt yeah. I felt like it had been a while, but um, it I just made me think of um, you know, like then, now, forever. The ding, ding, <laughs> cunts, <laughs> now, forever. <laughs> <laughs> it be to- exactly. Together, together, yeah. that's what they put now, isn't it? No, together. together,
0: yeah, together definitely. forever, I believe. Oh, it's the other way round? Together
1: mm-hmm. forever, forever, we're You know, You
0: <laughs> fucking know not Did the guy from Creed make a guest of, of appearance <laughs> on that song? Back in vocals, mate. <laughs> That's the first time I think I've heard that song since I was a child. Because I completely forgot that there was another Rick Astley song that was relatively famous. And it's that.
1: He did um, a, a series of shows um, quite recently where he did Smith's covers. Right, um, which sounds like it could have been a lot of fun. And apparently, he said, he said, I don't care if I, I don't care if I can't get a band that'll do it. If needs be, I'll just buy a karaoke pack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, it'd be like when we watched Graham Bowie, old man. Yeah, and he, he, it was just some bloke who could, like basically do karaoke on his own to a rather crowded room in motion,
3: and people absolutely loved it.
1: Yeah. Like People were going nuts for it.
3: Obviously, I was, because a big Bowieite. Maybe a Bowie file. Yeah, let's go with that.
0: Well, before we delve into this week's episode, a few nudges in the direction of our social media channels at RWRPodUK on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Come and join us for the occasional bit of content. Okay, we mainly just plug the latest episode over there at the moment, but still, all the same, it's well worth your, well worth your time. And then you've got a nice cycle of me plugging the socials on this and then plugging the pod on that. And it just goes round and, oh, round, and round and round.
1: <laughs> it's like a circle of life,
0: it, it is. So that so that's Elton John covered, David Bowie covered, Rick Astley covered. Yeah. We're we're well into it today, and we're not even talking about the wrestling just yet. So no. Do you know I
1: don't. I don't want to talk about the wrestling. Can we just have a catch up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. So I thought, you know, in terms of catching up. So last week I did the pod with uh, Matt and Stephen, and one thing that they uh, alerted me to, which I hadn't been aware of, which shows you perhaps a little bit of how out of the loop I am with the Wrestling Rumour mill, is that latest rumours for next year's WrestleMania main event are The Rock versus Roman Reigns. So I thought I would use that as our topic of conversation for today and ask you how you would feel about that as the main event of WrestleMania.
3: Indifferent. But that would go for every main event of WrestleMania that they (laughs) could possibly do, to be honest. What about me versus you versus Tom? Oh, that would be fucking amazing. (laughs) Because we'd be involved. But... No, quite honestly, I think you've seen pretty much everything they have to offer. So getting a 51-year-old rock in against his cousin would undoubtedly be good because they'd make it good. But I will not be overly excited about it. It wouldn't make me pay for it if it wasn't included in the network.
0: I think gradually the scale of how interested you are in this is slowly Mm. going up. It started off completely indifferent then Hmm. it was, oh, it would be quite good, but I wouldn't pay for it, but I wouldn't pay for it, well, unless it wasn't part of the subscription, which I I think, I gradually, by the end of this episode, you're going to be like, (laughs) this is going to be (laughs) the best fucking thing ever fucking seen. Well,
3: no, because that goes for what they did this year with Lesnar and Roman Reigns, Like, I was like, yeah, cool, I'll watch it, and it was fine, and this will be fine. The main selling point this year was obviously, we talked about this, was Austin, and that was the one thing that I wanted to watch. If it ain't Austin, don't fix it.
0: (laughs) That is the popular <laughs> saying, I believe. The early bird catches the quick brown fox, definitely.
3: <laughs> That's a euphemism. For for a nice morning shit. <laughs> nice brown fox. <laughs> the,
0: the, the, the early bird catches the quick fox. brown fox.
1: <laughs> yeah. I had a quick brown fox this morning <laughs> so make your fucking eyes bleed <laughs> I'll tell you what in terms of the Rock vs. I reckon it could it depends entirely on, on how they decide to do it. If, it if it just comes back and he's just like I don't like you you become a dickhead and then the Rock's going to come back and does the same kind of <laughs> immature baby-ish promos that he did in his feud with John Cena with the Fruity Pebbles and all that kind of shit then it it won't be very good but if they make a serious storyline out of it if they've got to tap into the history of their family if they get loads of people involved make the match have a bit some shenanigans because be honest if it's the main event of wrestlemania it's going to be going for about 20 minutes you'd imagine don't think the rock can go for 20 minutes although we obviously i mean because let's be honest he's in pretty bad shape these days um <laughs> and they could kind of do lots of stuff especially if they let like paul heyman have a lot of involvement in it as well you can imagine like a really like a really good like back and forth segment with Paul Heyman and The Rock you know two of the greatest talkers you know in, in the history of wrestling going back and forth would be really quite captivating if they take it seriously and they allow them to maybe go maybe step outside WWE's comfort zone a little bit then it could be really good but if it, if they just do yeah well there you go, goes come back out comes out of the rumble wins the rumble challenges Roman Reigns it wouldn't be very good I don't think
3: I reckon they should go a completely different angle. Don't really care about the build, to be honest, whatever. They don't really need to do a build because it would sell enormous amounts. But they should do it so that it's Joe versus Dwayne. Really properly tap in to the family (laughs) thing. No mention of their character names. Joe versus Dwayne.
1: That's
0: it. Lovely. And and they don't even say their second names. It's just Joe versus no, no. Dwayne. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. They're doing the opposite of what they do with Triple H, where they call him Hunter when they refer to him by his real name. But then <laughs> rather than referring to him as Rocky, they'll be referring to him as Dwayne.
0: I like the idea of The Rock being the heel for it. I think he might be welcomed by the WWE fans as a heel after a few appearances. If he made a couple of appearances and got the pop out of the way, once that was done... I think the fans would probably turn on him, the regular fans, especially given the fact that Roman Reigns is kind of apparently turning a little bit now back towards a baby face. He had that. He recently said goodbye to some fans at a live event. I think seemingly he's signed some new contract, which might mean he's not going to be on the road as often. And it feels a little bit like that's the direction they're now going to go with him. And I think if you had a heel rock coming back to defeat him for the title that he's held maybe for... Two, three years, or whatever the hell it will be by the time of next year's WrestleMania, then I could be I could be quite caught up in that. But I do also think that they should avoid at all costs the Rock earning the shot. I don't think he should earn that title shot. He should just get it. I think they should just play on the fact that The Rock's a legacy star. He's won eight world championships. If he wants to come back and have a world title match, he's going to get one, and that would just, I think, increase the heat on him as well. So that's the way I would, I would like to see it.
1: Yeah, but again, I, th- I think it, it needs to be quite serious. I think again, I do. Yeah, think. it'd I, be, I be interesting to see if anybody can make themselves a heel. Against you know against maybe the fans' desires to boo him, you'd imagine The Rock could do it because he did it in the past, didn't he? But how long that would last for, I I don't know. But if it's only this like a, a short build, like a month or so, two months build to WrestleMania, then that could be something. The only problem is I don't, I don't know how you would do it. I don't know how you would introduce him. You you could have like Roman win you know a match at the, at, at the Rumble and he could come down at the end and be like you know, Meh. but then that kind of defies <laughs> the, that kind of cuts the legs off of the Rumble, doesn't it? Because then
0: we well, just don't you know, do it the Rumble do it the next night on Raw or do it you know, the February pay-per-view or do it the fe- the night after the February pay-per-view yeah, you've you got, you got so many dates you could do this on
1: yeah but then if Roman's still like the unified champion at that point and has both belts then what's the winner of the Rumble going to do
0: fuck who cares <laughs> who gives yeah. a fuck about that
1: just challenge challenge people. for the Intercontinental <laughs> there we go Make, <laughs> yeah. give that some relevance
3: i reckon like, what happens is old roman two belts is there lovely old job still the champ having a good time someone wins the rumble someone who the fancy is very deserving of winning the rumble and getting the title shot next night on Raw or like the week after rocky comes out absolutely obliterates him just basically puts him on the shelf and then they're like he can't have it because his mind bitches
1: you could do that to cody yeah that'd be that'd be incredible
0: I'd be happy with that. I'd be, I I I just I just think that ultimately, if you're going to do it, I just don't want to see him before WrestleMania. I don't want to see him fight. I don't want to see him in a match hmm. for WrestleMania. There's no point. He he he'll have to have his warm up and training goodness knows what else. But I just I just think you want to keep the mystique of The Rock until he actually has the match. He's not someone you're going to want to watch three four times in the space of three or four months. It's got to be a one and done thing. Out he goes. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, capture the moment, the, you know, and, and sell it based on the fact this is the one time you'll see The Rock wrestle in maybe 10 years and maybe the last time you'll ever see him again. And you're having
1: a babyface brains go over? I
0: think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if you can, because then you've still got like The Rock's not someone you need to win at all. In fact, there's no no value in him winning whatsoever unless you're going to use him again, which, as I said, I don't think you necessarily want to do. And to think, you know, the Roman, Roman just if he retains the belts right the way through to that point, then another win. Against someone like The Rock, just just reinforces how big this title reign mm. is. So mm. that's the way I, I would go with it. Anyway, just an interesting one. They debulled out. Right, that's night. it. Sold. I'm in. I'm full steam. <laughs> come on, come on. Let's get it done now. Let's get him
3: debut tomorrow night. What day is it? Wednesday. I don't know. Whenever SmackDown is. Friday. No, no,
0: no, no. Fuck it. He's, he's on. Uh, he's on 205 Live or whatever the show is these days. <laughs> oh, Love And And NXT Level Up. Get him on there. Come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You imagine that if each walked out.
2: Oh yeah, that'd be amazing.
0: (laughs) So we are talking about today Extreme Rules 2017, and uh, we will now talk about our expectations didn't have a very good way of uh going from one to the other so i just thought fuck it we'll do it your car crash so yeah, expectations let's start with you tom what were you what were your hopes and fears what were you looking forward to what were you not give us the lowdown i wasn't looking
1: forward to anything <laughs> you know you know you know my um my my golden triangle whatever it's called tinky that you took my goldilocks zone yeah this golden is
3: golden triangle
1: yeah <laughs> this is this is the this is the other uh, the polar end of that yeah is 2017 WWE. Anything from, like I said before, anything from basically WrestleMania 30 to now, I'm not interested in. Well, maybe I might be more interested in re- more recent stuff because I don't watch it anymore. But I was still probably watching or at the very, very least being very disdainfully watching the odd matches here and there, right in the period that I don't care about in the slightest. And I'll be honest, man, I kind of resented it, having to watch it. I was like, you know what you've Good. done here. You Good. know what you've done here. You've put you put <laughs> this, and I've looked I've looked at the next show I'm doing, and it's also in the same fucking zone as well, which I'm also <laughs> very looking forward to. But that being said, I did try to go with this with an open mind. I was very aware that I was probably going to have to sit through a Dean Ambrose match, uh, which I wasn't particularly looking forward to. Um, but I saw that they on the match was um, like the Hardy Boys versus The Bar, which I thought could be quite fun. And I also noticed that the, it's only two hours forty-two, so it's not too bad. I was so ambivalent about this,
3: it almost hurt my face to press play. (laughs) I was just like, this is going to be so inconsequential. So normally I go into it and I think there's going to be a sleeper here. It's going to be a sleeper match. And I don't mean like, that's not one of the Extreme Rules things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I knew that there was a Cesaro and Sheamus and Hardy Boys Iron Man match. This definitely wasn't the show. And I can remember that being 25 minutes of... Yeah. And then five minutes of... <laughs> hey! 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 Come on! Woo! And the rest of the cards being non-descriptive. I think it might have been back first. Don't know. Might have been the show after this. But I wasn't not forward to this, but I was so non-plussed by it. Because a bit like Tommy, 2017 WWE, as soon as the Hardy Boys had debuted at Mania, I was out. So I was like, what's the point? Don't carry on. I remember,
0: yeah, I remember that moment. particularly. I remember watching it at your old house. I think it was. What Was it your house? Yeah, it was your old house. And I think you maybe had seen it be- the night before, old man, you I stayed have. up. Mm-hmm. And me and Tom were watching it kind of on delay uh, on our day off. And you were excited by one point. And I think you came in what, like ahead of that and then watched mm-hmm. our reaction as we reacted to the Hardy Boys return. And we did pop. It's fair to say, yeah, definitely. I not. fucking
1: did as well. <laughs> but it was, it was a complete surprise, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. So yeah, I remember that quite well. I, uh, my expectations, I had none. I had absolutely none. I genuinely had no clue what was going to be on this. Not a clue. Not a Scooby. Which is very strange because when I went onto the WWE Network to start watching it, I noticed that I had watched it before because it's got the little bar at the bottom showing that, you know. I've completely watched it. So I thought, how have I watched this before? And then I remembered that briefly in 2017 for about six months, I did the squash again for about six, but it was it was weekly by that point. And I just did a one, once a week squash podcast. And I would have watched it as part of that. Now, I can't couldn't remember a, a, a single thing about the show. So I obviously wasn't that impressed at the time. And I didn't last very long doing the podcast again because we were covering the product as it was at the time. And I can remember thinking... Don't really like the product very much. I find it quite boring. So it's going to be a, it's going to be fun one. This one, it's going to be fun. Lots of energy, getting
2: very excited. <laughs> yeah. If
3: you were doing the squash weekly, hmm. should it not have been called the squeeze?
2: Maybe
0: it should have been, or See? the quash. The quash. Yeah. I yeah. think that's I looked, a very looked, good looked,
1: joke, and Tom's completely no sold it. Yeah, he's, like he's a miserable to be honest.
0: Cretin. To be honest, he's looked quite miserable, cretinous all the way through this. <laughs> yeah. <you?
1: laughs> well, I, I was, I was trying to think of. Um... Of what dicks? squash you may have been drinking at the time. You were doing Dick squash. Was that what you were drinking? <laughs> just squashed dicks, master In a little blend, in like a, in a, in a uh, what do you call them, a bullet blender or whatever they're called. Oh, Nutriple it. Bunch of dicks, and they buzz together. Get that fucking lumpy dick juice, don't
3: you?
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, so, it's so sinewy. Yeah. That's got me out of the slumber.
3: <laughs> Come on, let's just fucking wait for me. What? you imagine if you didn't know but one of them was Dane
0: Bowers. Oh
1: what well
0: cheesy. You like, cheese? Yeah. And then Peter Andres as well. We've had his uh, brought <laughs> Tiny up. Tiny deck. I actually saw some details of that the other day on the news. It's still going around oh, Something's with Rebecca it. something to do with Rebecca Vardy. Apparently um Peter Andre's saying he's gonna have to sue her because it keeps coming up. And when he when it no was right. originally when it when it originally came up in 2004, he anyway. didn't have he didn't have a wife or a children, and now he does, and so he's like, well, you know, it's not right. He shouldn't keep coming up. It's not true, and all this it,
1: stuff. It, it kept it kept coming up, but no one saw it before because it's so small.
0: <laughs> it's like the dick version of John Cena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't
1: see my dick.
0: <laughs> just his
3: foreskin just pulls around and does that little hand motion.
0: Well, we've officially turned into the late 30s men talking about dicks on a podcast that we've yes. always wanted to be, and we've always yeah. been, in fairness, but uh, yeah. it's gone to the extreme today. And it is extreme rules after all, so why not? It is. <laughs>
1: exactly. Well, said, that fair, is that... more extreme than anything on the show. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, the whole dick shake probably is more extreme than anything that's ever happened in wrestling. So. Mm, yeah oh god so talking points let's get your talking points for the show i'm sure that you've all got loads and loads of stuff because there's so much to pull out from this one tom why don't we start with you because I, I looked at old man's face and he's like oh my god yeah I like, and then he goes oh, i've I, 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 <laughs> I, I forgotten the byron saxon of the week as well oh no <laughs> the,
3: the byron House of the week it dips in and out just like peter andre's tiny little tune <laughs> in and out of hey, the public mind
0: <laughs> who said he had a toad?
3: Oh yeah, it's it's a <laughs> chippolata. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Poor
1: poor fucker. My talking point is the great KFC advert where they're talking about <laughs> launching <laughs> the New a sandwich into space.
0: That's, that's my talking point. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we're gonna have a struggle, today, aren't we? Fucking <laughs> hell. So who pays the Colonel? I don't know, I think it oh, just Oh, hang on, it. I know. What? I, I, I know, I can't remember his name. Hang on, let me go back it's to It's Rob Lowe. Yes, Rob Lowe, I was going to say. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing, that
1: makes it even better.
0: So your talking point <laughs> is the KFC advert, and you didn't even know it was Rob Lowe by the Colonel. Well, that was how good it was. <laughs> I
1: thought how much of a powerhouse of a performance that Rob Lowe put in on that KFC advert. Because it, I'm not going to lie, it is bizarre. It is mm. a bizarre advert where they're talking about like launching into space. There's loads of footage of like, like talking about the moon landing in Houston. It's very, very odd. What are your thoughts? <laughs> no, well, um... <laughs> so, well, all I could think was, so you're sending this sandwich
3: into space, right? So we, we've all, I don't eat meat anymore, but I've done this, where you get like a McDonald's or a KFC or something like that, and you don't finish all of it. On an evening. Never happened.
0: No, never done that. Right. All
3: right. It happened to me. Only a couple of times. But then you get up in the morning and you're like, oh, it's a bit congealed. And I
0: was like, how is it going to take going up into space? Just how? Did it explode? So so my talking point is that old man has managed to buy a KFC or a McDonald's and not finished it. That's my yeah, talk.
1: Yeah, what what the up. fuck is that about? Like, uh, there's an unspoken rule, old man, is that you carry on eating your fast food <laughs> until you feel like you're going to die. <laughs>
2: well,
1: <laughs> and then so, you feel like death for about four or five hours, and then you're starving again. <laughs> and then you have an awful dump, and everything's <laughs> all right. So this would have been, like I said, when I ate meat, so this would have been probably after a
3: couple of beers. No, probably not, actually, because I would have been drunk, but it would always be like after. It would be after something. Probably, probably after watching a load of porn, I was tired. But um, yeah, and then I buy just tons of it, tons of the stuff.
0: I mean, it does depend how much you you had. So, I mean, I used mm. to get a Big Mac meal with a cheeseburger as well, yeah. or mm, the KFC Wicked Singer meal, um, towered up with probably some popcorn chicken on the side, but I'd still finish all. But if you've got like a Big Mac meal or four Big Mac meals that I could maybe understand. <laughs> I did once eat four quarter pounders
3: in a row. So a pound. And- yeah, so a pound of uh, pound of quarter pounders is when I went to Curry. So this is fucking years ago. Then I had to have a shit about eight minutes after I finished eating. It was, like, it was just like, no, it doesn't want to be in you. It wasn't that food, but it was forcing everything else out. And this was when they were doing a buy one, get one free. And I went in and I said, I'll have two quarter pounders for cheese, please. <laughs> so you got four. And, and the lady said, is that one? But there's buy one, get one free. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> this is two with two free and i ate them and i can't remember the rest so the fever dream for about a month
1: yeah reminds me of when um johnny got 10 cheeseburgers didn't he 10 of like, yeah, the standard yeah. cheeseburgers and he recorded audio of him um ordering them and uh they it was like, oh, can I get? Cause I think his his girlfriend wanted one, is one of two. So he was got to the drive-through window, and he had the little, they had like the recorder on. He's like, can I get eleven cheeseburgers, please? And they were like, what? And he was like, eleven cheeseburgers, please. And they were like, our system won't let us sell eleven cheeseburgers in one go. So they had to do like three transactions because they wouldn't let them.
2: Um. Imagine
3: ordering so much food that McDonald's say, "No, no, this is a bit excessive." Yeah.
0: So Tom, what's your talking point for the extreme Roll show? That was it. All right, fair enough. Oh, man, what was your talking point? Uh, my, he, has, he hasn't bought you any time, has he? He's not bought you no. any time.
3: Really, well, that. unfortunately, because this, uh, this will grind my gears through the whole thing if I we don't talk about it as a talking point, is the tweets tracker oh. that goes along the bottom, which I remember when they started doing this, and it's the most agonizing thing in the world because it's like, uh, I've got no fucking life. Dean Ambrose is the best. No DQ, he'll still win. Hashtag was it Extreme Rules?
0: <laughs> What's the like, name of the show again? <laughs> yeah,
3: and I uh, uh, I can't not read them. It's like it's like if someone's like like dick fell out and you were walking down the street, you'd have to you couldn't not look. You'd be like, oh, I've got oh, no bloody air. Like, like in Portown, when we were we were driving, getting a taxi to the go-karting place, and there was that guy just getting changed. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember Tommy just going, there's a guy this dick out over there. We all had a look. That's the tweet
1: tracking. <laughs> we, we all had a lovely old time, didn't we?
3: <laughs> and it's, oh, it's horrendous. It's the nadir of trying to get your fans involved, I think. And- because... Social media brings out the worst in people, anyway. But this is like, hey, if you if you post a really crap tweet, you
1: could get on the show. What not you? Fuck off! Shove your Twitter up your ass. I'm not convinced that any of them are real. I'm pretty, <gasps> sure Holger- I'm pretty sure they're all worked
0: tweets. Well, a couple of things. First of all, don't diss Twitter. That's our main communication tool with our listeners. So you know we've, we've got already
3: to- told you, Tinky. I hate the comments section. <laughs>
0: And also, I actually, the first time we did an episode of this podcast where they had the tweet ribbon at the bottom, I was I actually took some of the names down thinking what I'll do is I will tweet them on Twitter from my account saying we are covering the show. And I was going to read them out on the show just because I thought that'd be quite a good way of just seeing if we get anybody to follow along. I didn't in the end do that. But because only a couple of the accounts were still active. So it's very possible, Tom, that you're right. They might mm. have been worked tweets.
1: Yeah. And also we don't need them. We've got the best Twitters to offer following us anyway.
0: Yeah, so we certainly have. So my talking point, seeing as you guys have uh, failed to come up with anything that's <laughs> any, any distinction on this. So I'm gonna go to the worst thing on the show. Any guesses for what I think that is? It's a match.
1: It's a match. I am gonna go with I've kind of given given the game away with this, but I think that the tag team cage match with the holidays versus the bar is what you're going to talk about
0: what do you think old man i
1: also think that or it could be bailey versus alexa bliss or it could be the five man match with the title or it could be the
0: miz versus dean ambrose it is bailey versus alexa bliss i think it's just an absolute state of a match i think it's absolutely Mm -hmm. dreadful for so many reasons and the main reason is that i actually think that the concept going in sounds relatively interesting so you have established bailey for a long time on nxt and now on wwe's main roster as a wholesome babyface who is a good good person basically that that's it that's that's the entire gimmick really and that's fine because it worked brilliant in nxt i still think it could have worked in wwe had she been booked a bit better a bit more consistently but whatever so you go into the match and the concept is can she can she raise her game can she become more vicious more violent more extreme in order to win what is a I can't remember kendo stick on a pole match against Alexa Bliss.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now the match itself, in the end, goes for just over five minutes, and it's ridiculous. First of all, it's incredibly short. Secondly, they go immediately for the kendo on a mm-hmm. stick, and there's no there's no kind of build, there's no kind of feeling out process or anything. The kendo on a stick. Kendo on a stick. That's right. Kendo, <laughs> yeah. kendo stick on a pole. Um, and they completely bypass the whole will she, won't she be able to use the kendo stick once they've got hold of it. And there are so many ways to do this. There are so many ways to come out of it with an exciting, uh, interesting storylines that you can follow through for months afterwards. Like you could have Bailey use the stick and then regret it. You could have Bailey use a stick and go into a darker place or show that she can at least go into the darker place. You could have her not use it and lose the match and regret not using it. You could have her not use it, win the match and still maintain her credibility. None of that happens. They don't play out whatsoever.
3: I don't want to uh, poop on your parade because you're hundred percent correct. Uh, when she gets uh drop toe hold into the kendo stick, she separates her shoulder. That's right. why they go straight to the finish. Is it? Because She then misses like three months. Yeah, wow. because it's the way, because I was exactly like you. I was like, This is absolute sperm in a bloody <laughs> jar, shaken up, put some cinnamon in there and then lob it in your face. It's horrible. But then I looked. But I agree completely with the how the match actually plays out. But because of the way that they're doing it, they had to go straight for the kendo stick. Because otherwise it would have been so bloody boring just watching Bailey go, Ooh i don't know like they so Bailey comes down to the ring gets booed a little bit which is lovely then they show that uh, they go to the commentators intro so they go down the ro- the line they run the uh what's the courtlet. thing that's it thank you tommy they run the gauntlet <laughs> uh, i was gonna say gamut
0: it's a gamut it's a type of like a ham that you cook and eat <laughs> no that's a gamut <laughs> Oh no, no, sorry, that's that's somebody who's old and uh yeah, conservative views. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, so when they're chatting to the old
3: cons, Bailey's just stood there in the background, just tentatively, pensively, looking at the candle stick. Cause she's like, I don't know whether I can use it. Of course you can, you silly woman. Put it in the ground, swing it. It's not difficult, is it? The match, like to your point, Tinky, up to the point with the injury is ghastly is the only word. I can think, to describe
0: it. Out of interest, Anna, when where did you read about the shoulder injury?
3: Uh, online. What, the interwear. Yeah,
0: where online?
3: Uh, it was just, um, you, I just Googled Bailey 2017 injury because she I'm, misses SummerSlam.
0: Well, yeah, because I'm reading it now on Wikipedia and it says that she actually separated a shoulder in August. Ah. So I think this didn't happen. There wasn't mm. an injury in this. It was just a Fuck long, you, fucking fucking terrible match and a terrible, poorly booked match mm. at that. Well, good, now I don't feel bad about potentially really slagging this match off. Yeah, well, uh, you know,
1: I think, slag away. It's it's shit, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. I like the, this. it's, it's true what you said, that there's a smattering of boos for Bailey, there's a smattering of cheers for Alexa Bliss, so it's a bit split. <clears throat> at, the, at the bottom, the, uh, uh, Michael Corgis, and let's not forget, you can use the hashtag KendoStick yes. <laughs> if you want, <laughs> which, uh, which I got enjoyed. And what I didn't understand as well, about the, uh, any other pole matches, where the the aim is to obtain some kind of weapon and use it, is that it apparently doesn't appear to be exclusive to the person who got the item. So it doesn't really matter who climbs the pole and gets the kendo stick, because anybody can use it anyway. It's fucking daft. It's a stupid stupid thing, because you'd be like, okay, well, you just climb up there. I'm going to grab a chair from underneath the ring, (laughs) twat you with it whilst you're climbing the pole, and then beat you to death with the Kendo stick. It's absolutely fucking useless. There are a couple of nice spots there because there's a lovely belly to back suplex from Bailey to Alexa Bliss on the outside, which is very satisfying. Um, and when Alexa Bliss gets the candlestick, she beats the fucking piss out of Bailey. And the referee looks very concerned. And he's either extremely worried or he's the best actor in the world because he's got extremely expressive eyebrows. But You're right, it's five minutes, and I I wrote at the end, strange match, the Kenley stick is grabbed really early, and there's no drama. Because basically, as soon as 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 Alexa Bliss gets the Kenley stick, there's a tiny little bit of back and forth, but nothing really. She just beats the shit Bailey and wins. It's it's pointless.
3: The whole psychology of the match is just off. Because, what, she's not going to hit someone with a kendo stick, or she might hit someone with a kendo stick. That's your whole thing, and when the kendo stick comes into the match, I wish it got a little entrance, but... It kind of just falls from the pole. And I did wonder, I was like, is it just fallen and now they've got to use it? Because that might make up for why it's such a mess.
0: I just think they set, I thought they, they set up, I mean, they had Bailey do an interview earlier in the night where she said she'd been watching videos of Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, and even Steve Blackman, which I thought was actually quite funny. And the <laughs> old man, is genuinely hurt by that comment. I, um, d- I just, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Well, yeah. I think the idea though is that they're synonymous with the Singapore cane. It's not so much they that. Get that him form. away <laughs> so forget, anyway. she also, she also watched Wonder Woman as well. anyway, so I thought they've set this up quite well. so she's going in. she she knows she has to be more violent. she has to show a harder edge, but there's this question mark over wherever she can. But then to not at all explore that question mark is just ridiculous. You you've planted the seed. this is this could make your match, you know this is going to be a, a show overall of probably quite decent in-ring action. I'm not saying anyone's going to be particularly excited or invested in it, but it's probably going to be pretty decent. Here's a chance to do something a little bit different. Here's a chance to not have a WWE-style match. Just go in there and tell this story can can she bring herself to use it will she use it does she get to the thing first does she even go for the kendo stick does she just leave it and say you know what i'm gonna i don't need to get the pop the stick on a pole to win this match it's still pen pinfall or submission i just do it without using the kendo stick any number of things they could have explored with this match and they did nothing they just went straight for the kendo stick both of them then as you said lexibus basically gets in smashes the hell out of her and baby is very capable
1: of telling that story
0: yeah I think so. as
1: well you know she's very good it's just yeah it's uh, shit, it? shit yeah 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 i've
0: got
1: I've got, a, I've got a little bins person to talk about later on as well actually
0: oh i can't, can't wait for that oh he's it, on here yeah. as well isn't he oh, oh bins is on here as well isn't he no uh, bins bins is not here. oh one of the one of the bins is one of the bins one of the bins is <laughs> we talk talking code sometimes we don't mean to now seeing as this is quite early still in the show let's try and uh, draw out draw out the first half of the show at least a little bit by talking about one other uh, other aspect we'll start our chronological walk through the rest of the show now shall we just to give us something a bit more on the f- front front side of this uh, podcast
3: yeah Pop- this first half is front loaded to the back teeth <laughs> and you fucking know we got some gold on here tommy talked about kfc I talked about him and Twitter.
0: What more do you want? Well, I want your thoughts on our commentary team, old oh man. That's what I'm looking for, because we've got Michael Cole, Corey Graves and Booker T. You've had this team before, but they're in a different place than they usually are today. They're up in the WCW position just by the back of the fans. They're stood up as well when you first see them. They're, they're not sat down. They're all like kind of stood to attention. I add, guess that's was... an element of class, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I guess this was a way for them to differentiate <laughs> Raw and SmackDown, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I like my annex just, uh... to be stood up when they when they when I greet me. If I if I walk mm. into a room and someone stays stay sat down, I'm like, You're fucking scum, stand up to me. And even, <laughs> even though they don't even though they're not in my room, they are kind of because they're on my TV which is in my room. So I like them to be standing at all times. Yeah,
3: but the issue is is that one of the people standing is
0: Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> so I might assume that you weren't enjoy enjoying Booker T's commentary here. He's just
3: bad. That's what he is. He's just bad. He's just incapable, unfortunately.
0: There's one comment that I pulled out of, of his, which is in the first match. And it's not particularly stupid. It's just it feels like exactly why I don't like any, really, of, of the commentary team these days. And that is that it just feels so, I don't know. This is what he says. The icy title victory that he had. Hang on, you know, Do you reckon you can do an impression? No, um, <laughs> not at all. The icy title victory that he had put him on the map. Mm-hmm. Talking about himself, yeah. I'm like, no, it fucking didn't. Five WW World Championships put you on the map. Multi-time WW Tag Team World Champion put you on the map. Television Champion, US Champion put you on the map. Not the fucking IC belt, mate.
1: Calling Hulk Hogan the N-word put him on the map.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I just thought, why? Why has he said that? Like,
1: just, I'm thinking about that Hulk Hogan. Promo. I know you
0: are. I know you are. As if you haven't seen it five billion times. This <laughs> is the way he puts his head in the hands. It's so good. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just why why has he said that? It's just so like pathetic. It doesn't mean anything, it's wrong. He know he must know it to be wrong. Is has, has anyone asked him to say it? If they've asked him to say it, I'm like, why have you asked him to say it? It's just oh so bad.
3: I think he's noise. And if there's a silence, he's going to fill it, get the noise out.
0: Was there anything other than Booker T that you thought about the commentary team? Um, To be honest, quite nondescript,
3: I thought. I didn't. They didn't grind my gears. Booker T, to be fair, just crap, but not, not offensive. I think uh, they were just kind of all one noise. One thing I did find very strange is how Booker T sits. So whenever they'd come to have a little gab with them through the show, he'd sit with his legs quite wide apart. And he'd be really leaning forward. So it was like he was trying to stretch his back out, but he decided against it. So it looked like he was kind of
1: hovering, kind of like Gollum.
2: Yes, yes,
1: yeah. I must admit, I didn't really notice the commentary team. I think I did a tinky. <laughs> right?
0: Uh, that's code for a shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the quick brown fox, mate. Yeah. It. Oh yeah. He, he. I
1: didn't like Booker T. Is rubbish because he's rubbish. But the one thing I was thankful for is that polka dots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know what? I'm going to memorize all that one day, and it's going to blow <laughs> your minds. I'm very glad that, Michael. I think the last time we had this commentary team, I think Michael Cole may have been a heel. And I think um, Michael Cole and Booker T were arguing constantly, which made it even more intolerable than it would be if it wasn't just for Booker T's odious commentary style. But I think that in, in this one, it's not as bad because they just aren't doing that all the time. Which did make a difference to me, but like I said, I barely paid attention to it. It didn't didn't really resonate with me at all.
0: Yeah, and I got a feeling not to you know not to put everybody off watching or listening, sorry, to the second half of this podcast. But I got a feeling not noticing things is going to be the general theme for the whole show because <laughs> uh, a lot of it was pretty nondescript. I gotta be honest, and I'm giving things away there. Clearly, we couldn't pull a lot out because you pulled out a KFC advert, and old man pulled out Twitter. <laughs> as a concept
2: <laughs>
0: yeah uh, fuck off twitter innit <laughs> right we're going to take a break there and when we come back we will go through the rest of this show and hopefully we'll be able to pull something out that will be of interest to everybody
4: the misery gaining the intercontinental championship he has been chasing for quite some time now and speaking of championships please welcome my guest at this time a woman looking to reclaim the raw women's championship bailey Bailey, tonight is your rematch for the Raw Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss in a kendo stick on a pole match. Kurt Angle gave you the chance for this to be a straight up wrestling match, but you told him you were ready to get extreme. Now, there are some people, Alexa Bliss included, who don't think you have it in you to be extreme. How do you respond to that? Alexa thinks a lot of things. She even thought her This Is Your Life segment last week was good. But- We all saw that she's no Mankind or The Rock. So she can think whatever she wants. She doesn't know me. She doesn't know how much that championship means to me. And you're right, Charlie, I did ask for this match because I'm ready. I've been watching Tommy Dreamer, I've been watching Sandman, the way he hits people. I even watched a little bit of Steve Blackman. You know what else? I saw Wonder Woman. And I couldn't help but walk out of that theater feeling Empowered. I felt inspired and it reminded me. It reminded me why I came to the WWE and why I'm here. I'm here to inspire people, I'm not here to hurt. But I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get back at Alexa Bliss for everything she's done to me and everything she said about my family and regain. The Raw Women's Championship.
0: Right, welcome back to the show. And before we proceed, I've got a little game that we're going to play. It's really a game. It's really a game for Tom only to play, unfortunately, yes. old man. Sorry, oh, you're not. Well, fucking brilliant. <laughs> you're not required for this. <laughs> next will <just> fucking... <laughs>
3: I'll go back and fuck spiders, you know, because <laughs> that's what I'm here for.
0: <laughs>
1: yes, that's me. what you're not here for.
0: You're here to do gum and fuck spiders in your water <laughs> <out> of gum. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom. The game is called "Cunt or Not." So oh, what yeah. we're going to do is we're going to go through the entire roster of this show, and yep. we're going to ask you whether they're on your list of cunts or not. And it, all I want is a simple yes or no answer, or rather, "cunt or not" answer. Yep. I don't want any more commentary. Just "cunt or not." So yep. we have got the Miz. No cunt. Maurice. No cunt. Dean Ambrose. Cunt.
1: Rich Swan. And can I just qualify that by saying not Don no. Moxley. No.
0: No, I said no, no qualifications. I said okay. no qualifications. Yeah. Rich one.
1: Uh no cunt.
0: Sasha Banks. No cunt. Alicia Fox. No cunt. No, i Dar. Don't know him. He can't. No cunt. <laughs> Alexa Bliss. No cunt. Bailey. No cunt. Cesaro. Cunt. Oh, Cesaro. Cunt. Oh,
1: Cesaro. A little bit, yeah.
0: Uh, we'll get yeah. to it. We'll get to it. Sheamus. Cunt. Uh, Jeff Hardy.
1: Do you know he's a fucking cunt. you can have it as well.
0: <laughs> Matt Hardy.
1: Yeah, and him. Or even though I like him. Neville, hmm. I'm gonna go. No cunt,
0: Austin Aries, no cunt, Samoa Joe,
1: no cunt, scary,
0: <laughs> Finn Balor,
1: uh, no cunt,
0: Roman Reigns, cunt, Seth Rollins, cunt, Bray Wyatt, big cunt. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's funny because there isn't that many cunts on this show, or at least from your mm. list of cunts. No. We should we should probably say that this isn't a reflection of their character, just the fact that you don't want to watch them on any shows.
1: At least at least the versions of them that are on this show right. is the thing. Yes. So so
0: for example, um, Seth Rollins. No, now...
3: no no no, because no, he's justifying himself, Tinky.
0: <laughs> he has justified himself you can do it you can do it later in the show when we're going through the matches I just wanted the list and at
1: this so, point I would have probably forgotten who I said was a cunt and who wasn't and, uh, and yeah. completely contradicted myself
0: it's fine It's fine. we're we we, we, we we're used to that it's not a problem right
1: Tinky uh, 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 am I
3: allowed to get involved now
0: no Um. so <laughs>
3: what do you want to do old man what do you want to do well, no, no no just in general because you're like no this fits only for Tom now oh yeah and right. And this won't make the cut, but you said, no fucking attitude, baldy. Or so come round and I'll set your bloody
1: balls on fire. Horrible.
0: I'm not sure. I don't think Tom did say that. I think you're just lying now, man. Right.
1: I may not have said it verbally, but I said it with my eyes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... After the commentators we've been introduced to, who I stood up in near the entranceway. we get a hype video for the opening match. It is The Miz versus Dean Ambrose. And At this point I thought, oh my god Tom is going to love this show. So the show, the uh, hype video goes, The Miz bigs up his success representing the Intercontinental title, then berating Dean Ambrose for bringing the title down. Miz says that Dean Ambrose makes WWE stars look just like wrestlers. The DQ stipulation came from Ambrose getting DQ'd <laughs> in a match versus The Miz on Raw. So with then have dean ambrose versus the miz it's the intercontinental title match if dean ambrose is disqualified he will lose the intercontinental title and the end comes when miz pushed miz who's miz? miz pushes ambrose into the official and the ref takes a spill it looks like the referee is going to disqualify ambrose for a little barge but before he does that miz sneaks up behind ambrose hits the skull crushing finale and gets the pin to take the title Oh, man, let's start with your thoughts on this one.
3: Well, I mean, first off, this is a heck of a start to extreme rules, isn't it? <laughs> Effectively, man can't, de- can't get disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> what we don't want, so anything extreme, that's what we don't want. But then I thought, well, what is extreme? And then I was going to look up definitions of extreme, can be bothered. So do didn't you- do that.
0: You can get extreme boredom.
3: Yes. You can
0: <laughs> do you think that's what they were going for? Maybe. It should be said you... this is 20 minutes in length.
1: Yes, it, as well. Yes. It, it is as ever.
0: You get the Miz in the ring,
1: and then, well, with
3: with Maurice, you then get the recap video again. So you've got the same problem with Bailey, where they're just stood in the ring, just minding their own business, a bit like poor Sting at <laughs> WrestleMania 31. Just stood there.
0: That's stuck with you, hasn't it? Because Tom, Tom's really placed it in your mind from his previous uh, comments comments on that. I just Uh,
1: felt bad for him. (laughs) (laughs) I just did. I I don't like Sting.
0: I I felt really sorry for him. I need to edit some sad violins in the background. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Definitely.
0: Dean
3: Ambrose's music. I'd forgotten how terrible it is.
2: And
0: then it just goes on like
2: that.
3: Awful. I missed 92 pay per view matches to this point, Yeah, which was a good stat. I don't really know why they said it. We've watched about
0: 70 of them on this show.
3: Yeah. They're just hamstrung by this stupid. Stipulation. It's just such a stupid thing to do. There's so many stupid things, right? So <laughs> the referee is counting the f- counting the five counts to break a hold for a break, break. Lovely old job. But then Dean Ambrose lobs the Miz into two barricades, and I'm like, well, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not a DQ. It's not a DQ in normal matches, but he's breaking the rules there, isn't he? He also, uh, oh, hang on, what? <laughs> Also, you turn uh, into Ted DiBiase then. from He's hamstrung by this. Don't want to get disqualified. He's in danger of losing his title. So what's the sensible thing to do? Break a count out when Miz was blatantly going to get counted out after he's thrown him into the barricades? Like nonsensical, stupid, very silly. But it's just impossible, isn't it? It's impossible to do this tug of match because it's crap. There's a cracking DDT. DDT by the Miz on the ring apron. And then I was like, oh, that's good. Near fall. I was like, hang on a minute. Dean Ambrose's is finished here as a DDT. But Miz is just at a DDT on some metal. And he can't win. And then it just goes on for bloody ages. And then they start whacking on the figure forwards. And then I'm like, hello, I'm in here. Dean Ambrose is selling his leg somewhat lovely for about 40 seconds and then forgets. And then comes back to selling his leg again. There's a nice little bit where... The Miz is in the corner, he's like facing, and he grabs hold of the top turnbuckle pad, and that comes off. And then Dean Ambrose doesn't notice, goes to shove Miz's face into it, but puts his own foot up to block it, which I thought was quite a nice little thing. We get both of them selling a the figure four like they've been run over by cars, which I always appreciate because I think Tommy said this to me. I don't know whether it was on this show or before. Don't think the figure four looks like it hurts. I don't. I think it hurt. I think if I put it on one of you properly, yeah, bloody hurt. It might hurt me as well. But it's
0: because you've got such I always, knobbly knees, old man.
3: That is true. They are very knobbly. <laughs> yeah, and constantly bruised as well. I. Did, more that not you're doing? Well, that's the fucking implied joke, isn't it? <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, but oh, oh, Tom doesn't like things to be subtle. So he wants to fucking express it right in your face, just yeah, like that guy's just, knob was.
1: Yeah, it's like, like a old like cock right in your face.
2: But
3: I actually, I thought the finish was pretty good, to be honest. I thought it was all right. It's very long, but I can't say that I was ever bored. I will not say I was very excited for probably Eight to nine of the minutes, but well, I wasn't very excited at all, really, in the whole 20. But I was never bored. And given that this is the Miz and Dean Ambrose in a match where Dean Ambrose can't get disqualified, can't really argue with it because of the, the old stip. The stip was the trip, but they
1: didn't fall over it
0: he's so happy with that and
1: I'm sure why it's like that thing there's that meme in there of Michael Scott from the office where he's like sometimes I'll start a sentence and I've got no idea where it's going and that that is exactly what old man did and he managed to get through to the end and he was so pleased with himself I was Um, so this is obviously Dean Ambrose and his very much lunatic fringe phrase uh, phrase? phase (laughs) and it just makes him look more stupid than anything else and also what makes him look stupid is his lunatic fringe which is which is just awful. Awful hair he's got on him, and he's also got the least believable offense I've ever seen in a wrestler, apart from his chops. Now again, like I said I've placed Dean Ambrose, not necessarily John Moxley, because I quite like him. Oh, he, no, weird, no, though. I'm sorry. No, oh. this is the same person with a haircut.
0: Hate <laughs>
1: him. He's he's booked different. He's he's presented differently. In Basically, either.
0: he likes him now. He's bold. He should have seen what Tom used to say about you before you lost your air. Uh, fucking hell! That's awful, isn't
1: it? I'm, I'm, believe me, I fucking know. I'm really glad that this match was first as well hmm. because it meant that I wasn't dreading the Dean Ambrose match. So I knew it was going to be, over, but I did not realise how fucking long it was going to be. And um, the th- the thing that I kind of thought about this was that the ending of it was so fucking stupid because. What happens in the build up to the final is, as I said, Maurice slaps the Miz and then gets ejected by the referee because the referee's too smart. He's too smart for all that. And then, as he's throwing Maurice out of the arena, or telling her to leave, should I say, he's not physically throwing her, that's when the Miz throws Dean Ambrose into the referee. The referee gets out of the ring and starts yelling at uh, Dean Ambrose, dare I say, distracting him in a similar manner to what he's just thrown Maurice out for. <laughs> <laughs> then sneaks up behind the skull cushion finale. Then the referee runs in gallantly
0: and very quickly mm. to pin him. It's fucking stupid. It's absolutely crap. So, yeah, I thought this was all right. It was long. 20 minutes for Dean Ambrose versus The Miz. I, The Miz, I've, we've sp- spoke about him before. I've t- said before. I, Great. The Miz. I, The Miz. He, he is The Miz. Yes, Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: god. <laughs>
3: he is the miss. So, just lay it out on the line. This so man pro- called the Miz is the Miz.
1: So profound. So profound. <laughs>
0: I'm, welcome. Tapping out. I'm tapping out boys.
1: <laughs> welcome, welcome to philosophy with Tinky. The Miz is the Miz. The table is a
0: is a table. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I've said before that the Miz is really good at the WWE style. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's got it down pat. But that does not make for very interesting matches. They're never very innovative, they're never very exciting. They're just eight, nine minutes of Decent action. But when you put him in a match for 20 minutes to open the show, where, as you said, Dean Ambrose can't get disqualified, on a show called Extreme Rules, you've got a little bit of a problem. You know, this was also a point where I don't know if you noticed, but Dean Ambrose is not getting a particularly good reaction from the fans, even though he is a babyface. And this is because there was a point in time as the Shield, as the Shield broke up, he was the most popular member of the Shield. And they, as they came out of it, and what happened was, is that about autumn of 2014, I think during his feud with Seth Rollins, they had him doing some flipping stupid wacky stuff on Raw week in week out, and it was like that. All that character was crying out for was a bit of Steve Austin edge to him. And instead they gave him Doink the Clown. And it was just ridiculous. So they had him with Gunge. That was the one I can really remember was him bringing out Gunge to throw at Seth Rollins. It was just so shit. After that, I think that just seemed to be what they did with him. And it just never worked because they wanted him to be this kind of unhinged unhinged character. But what that seemed to mean to them was for him to play the part of Noel Edmonds at the house party. It was just fucking stupid. And... (laughs) It resulted in this kind of reaction.
1: I remember when he had a feud with Randy Orton and he sprayed ketchup and mustard at him. As well.
0: That's it. That's the kind of thing they were doing. And just like this is so fucking shit.
3: Could I just say that like, I got like a semi phobia of ketchup? So that would have been pretty awful for me. Mm. Like that'd be like PTSD type stuff. So so you're talking about the ketchup in that way, Tommy? Some of us
0: have been there. <laughs> I've been to I've been to Nam. <laughs>
3: Sorry, Uh,
0: Nando's. Sorry. Have you, is it seriously, though, a semi, because when you first started talking about that, it did seem to be a serious semi-phobia.
3: Well, so it's something that I'm not very fond of, but Mm. it it used to be quite awful, like the smell, would just I sort of really like people eating it very near me.
1: Uh, Jade, my wife, is very similar as well. If you've got, like, ketchup on your plate, she can't be near you because she... If she finds it that disgusting
3: yeah it's not quite that bad and i used to work at a cafe years ago and someone shook up a ketchup thing and the lid basically broke so a load of it went on the table and i had to clean that up since he... then i've not been so bad but if someone squirted it in my face i'd be rko in their ass
1: the one of the greatest shoots shoot promos i've ever seen was tinky about ketchup and we were stayed at i don't know if we sold the store in the pocket we before. probably have
2: yeah, yeah. when
1: are. we set up for a ketchup sprayed everywhere. Tinky went on a massive rant about how oh, the house was a shithole. we had a rubbish night, and then he went and then on top of it, everything's covered in fucking ketchup, and I ain't even Heinz. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, I, but I was, but you know, I was thinking whilst the old man was telling that story, and also when you were talking about Jade not liking it and other things going on, is this all a consequence of people not having Heinz ketchup? Like, I can imagine. Some families buying the Tesco or some or a Sainsbury's home brand or whatever, and it just ain't the same. It just ain't the same. It just it's just vinegary and oh, no, no, wrong.
1: Don't have the sweetness. I mean,
3: hmm. In fairness, you might have a good point. So I can remember. So one of my sisters, Julia, is terrible with it. So I'm the youngest. She's the middle, and then my sister Laura, who uh, the day after this we're recording this, is getting married.
2: So oh, I've Mazel Yeah,
3: yeah. So Laura likes it quite a lot. Ketchup
0: what we're
3: talking about, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Whatever makes her happy. And uh, it's also not to be involved unless I'm buying the ketchup. So, yeah, ketchup. She loves ketchup. Nothing else, Tinky. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, Julia detests it. Hates it like most people hate genocide. That's her with ketchup. <laughs> like, really bad. And I'm kind of somewhere in between. But if, yeah, if someone, like, starts squirting... I think any condiment being squirted in my face would kind of be annoying, to be honest. Mm. Hot sauce, burn the eyes. Barbecue, delicious, but really sticks in the beard, terrible. Mustard, oh, it's just annoying, isn't it? Stain your face for a bit. Ketchup, nah. What other condiments like Vinegar, oh my God. I was having a gallon of vinegar lobbed in your face,
0: horrible. Okay. I kind of ever feel like the old man's going through a bit of an Alan Partridge phase here, where he's took, <laughs> going on a ram, ramble about fucking condiments going in your face, I'm been... analyzing it in the style of Roy Keane. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> I mean,
3: you're just ketchup. Why are you doing that? Why are you, doing... Why are you got the ketchup in your face? Just
2: fucking hit him. Sticking
0: up your bollocks, Mick. <laughs> Just fucking hit him. So we've we've established that we weren't blown away by Ms and Ambrose, but like, it was okay. It was okay. I didn't mind it. Well, I didn't find it boring, but I just went over my head a little bit. By the end of it, I was okay, like, okay well, that's done. Thank God.
1: Uh, the highlight was at the end of the match, seeing a guy in the crowd, reasonably close to the commentary team. We get a good view of him later, dressed like Virgil, with a million dollar man and an IRS next to him. Yeah.
0: Lovely.
2: Absolutely stuff. lovely.
0: Yeah, absolutely lovely. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we had an advert for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view that was coming up, which I assume was a SmackDown exclusive. And then we had a backstage interview with Bailey, which we've discussed, where she's talking about Alexa Bliss, blah, blah, blah. So we have next a mixed tag team match, that goes for just over six minutes. It sees Noam Dyer and Alicia Fox versus Rich Swan and Sasha Banks. And the end comes when Rich One hits a Phoenix splash on Noam Dar for the win. After the match, uh, Rich One and Sasha Banks have a little dance. Make a little love and get down tonight. Actually, no, they just had a little dance. Yeah, this match is pointless.
1: But what I will say is my favorite bit in the match was when at the uh, beginning, uh, when things that Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox, WWE w legend Alicia Fox, mm-hmm. um, kind of start the match off uh, and uh, Sasha Banks, goes to go over and Alicia Fox just hugs Noam Dar and just starts waving her leg at Sasha Banks. But because her legs are so legs are so long, it's actually swatting her away. It just made me chuckle. I've got hardly any notes about this match, but I there's a bit when Michael Cole really, really channels it in a Don West. He, he goes he goes, Rich Swan is so quick, he's so fast, he's so agile. <laughs> it's like well, oh my God for a moment, I was like, oh, big Don's, and Don's turned up And uh, nowhere. <laughs> the Phoenix splash that Rich Swan does is is very impressive. And there's also a pretty impressive uh he hits uh, a rana off the top rope on Dar. Dar's sat on the top rope and Rich Swan jumps up and does a hurricaner from standing position on the mm-hmm. mat, which is in- an incredible piece of athleticism. But um aside from the fact that Rich Swan and Sasha Banks have got similar coloured outfits on that was that was the highlight of my match it's no Southern Boys versus Midnight Express is it let's <laughs> put it that way um, but what it is, is you yeah. are
0: comparing it with you know the Mona Lisa of tag team matches mm, yeah but
1: this, this as you said this six minutes long it felt longer than that to me I was like this is a bit rough didn't enjoy it thought it was completely inconsequential best thing about it with the get was the outfit and the little dance at the end that was it you know what don't necessarily disagree with you Tommy I don't know why
3: I was thinking of quiet with this being quite honest, this match is taking place because Rich Swann is from Baltimore. That's why. That's the whole reason for this match. And I ain't really got a problem with that. Mm. And like you said, you get the Hurricane Rana, you get an introduction to the Spanish commentators and the German commentators, one of who's been ill. Apparently. I mean, what,
0: what more do you want? Yeah. <laughs> a Hurricane yeah. rana and the introduction to the Spanish and German commentators, <laughs> one of
3: who's <laughs> been ill. That's amazing. <laughs> There's also an incredible kick by Rich Swann to Noam Dar. And I've written spring high but I don't know what that means so I don't think it says spring I think I've written too fast and it doesn't make sense but I thought this was all
0: right it was fine like like you said it was fine I I feel like I'm going to use that word over and over again for this show I thought that the opener was fine I thought this was fine it's one of those shows which I imagine probably some people will criticize for the fact that Sasha Banks is in it doing relatively nothing and nothing important but you can't always have all your best wrestlers in important matches on every show, yeah. and the important thing here is they kept her spotlighted. They won the match. She came out of it without any kind of damage at all, so it was all fine. She came out in front of the crowd and got a bit of a pop. To be honest, the, the most notable thing for me was that Noam Dar, who I uh, have watched, who watched on like in British shows and whatnot, was on the show and he still mm-hmm. works for WWE in NXT UK now, I believe. But he actually had a little storyline here yeah? going with Alicia Fox and got a pay per view mm-hmm. match. And you know, for a guy who isn't very big and he's scottish and it's very very difficult to get from britain anywhere quite frankly and be on the main roster he did it right for himself so that was quite mm. nice to see and that was the main thing that got out of it i've seen rich swan in the flesh in bristol in what was pro five
1: <laughs> yes the, we, pro we, 5. we we were all there yeah oh, that's yeah. Right. yeah yeah it, he swan... danced it all night long didn't he by lona ritchie so that was a little thing but he, I, I think well he... that, that takes up a lot for me there you go.
0: But he has also, unfortunately, was fired later in his WWE time or he got released after some issues where he was uh, arrested for domestic violence. Ah, so um, that's why... I think. I mean, I don't think that's the official line of why they sacked him, but certainly he was mutually released after that period.
3: I did actually look into this because I was very conscious of this before I talked about how good I thought he was. Uh, These charges were all dropped and it was to do with his wife and they are still together. Obviously, that doesn't excuse anything that happened. But just to give a little context, just just for the older lawyers listening, because I'm I'm sure Rich One's lawyer is listening. No, And if you are, you're a lawyer.
0: Fuck off. You, Twitter, fuck off. <laughs> Anyone else you want to tell to fuck off? We've had Tom list his cunts. Now you're telling people no. to fuck off. Oh,
3: no. No, but I do have an update in the gamut. Okay. So a gamut is the complete range or scope of something. Gamut yes. of emotions. Yeah. Good. Yes. Precisely, yeah. Yeah, so it's not a, it's not a ham,
1: unfortunately, Tommy. Yeah, but you could Hang have on, got A gamut it? of announcers,
0: maybe. <laughs> so we have got next up the... What have we got next? KFC advert. We have got the KFC ever, that's right, with the Rob Lowe as the colonel. That's the only note I've got of this, is Rob Lowe as the colonel. Tom took his interest in this to a whole new level, and is subsequently dreaming up some kind of fantasy story for himself as part of it. Loved it. Next we get Elias. it
1: made me want a KFC.
0: <laughs> so it did that's all they want. Me, it made you want a KFC, but did you have one? No. Mm, so maybe he didn't do his job.
1: Is there the
3: ability for you to order a KFC and get one delivered to your house? What now? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, in, ge- just yeah. in general. Ah, no, there is. I because if it if we would have been going out, I'd have been like, oh, that's fair enough. But if you could just order it on your phone and you still didn't get one, mm. well, Rob Blue
0: needs to up his game. Certainly does. If if for no other reason than he's doing KFC adverts dressed up as the (laughs) Colonel. So next up, Elias is introduced to the crowd. He says he has a question. Who wants to walk with Elias? says he has written a song for the crowd and he starts to play and people hold their phones up as lighters. Pretty dull song, to be honest. Mm. It wasn't even that funny. I thought it was going to be like a, you know, (laughs) know, horrible to the crowd and it was a bit like.
1: I just looked at you and Baltimore has bathed in filth. Just a great, a great little dig, but then the rest of it was rubbish.
3: That's it. Like I thought he was then going to go into his whole thing, which was his thing for three or four years, where he'd just rip on the town that they were in, and he didn't. No. He talked about beating Brock Lesnar, which is easy to say when he's not there.
1: And at the end of it, Michael Cole says possibly the most disrespectful thing he's ever said. Where he says that sounded like it belonged on the ghost of Tom Joad, mm-hmm. which is a very good Bruce Springsteen album <laughs> where all of the songs are better than that. So Michael Cole needs to wind his neck in.
0: Then we get all the Bailey and Alexa Bliss stuff. Then there's another advert for Money in the Bank pay-per-view, this yes. thing we be had not long ago.
1: I genuinely think Money in the Bank can fuck off. Rubbish concept now. So lazy, unnecessary, crap. Do they
3: still use the money? Money, 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 money. <laughs> money, money.
0: <laughs> money. No, the song is. Money.
3: Right. Maybe they should get Pink Floyd money, but play the whole song, which is about, I think is about seven minutes, over just a rolling clip. Of various people going that that would sell some fucking pay. premium live events
0: next up adam jones of the baltimore orioles is shown in the crowd well, he's and just was, like virgil not oh was he the one mm. just virgil? yeah yeah the other thing is i watch quite a lot of baseball i've no idea who adam jones is i mean this was five years ago so possible no longer mm. playing but i don't know who he is the commentators then talk about money in the bank yeah okay Great. Running the back can fuck off at least for now, whilst we're trying to watch this fucking show. Then, the vi- then a video shown of Hardy Boys retaining their tag team titles at payback five weeks before, and Sheamus and Cesaro snapping and attacking the Hardys after the match before the tag team cage match which comes up next, which is 15 minutes long, for the titles that the Hardy Boys hold, and is won by Cesaro and Sheamus when they climb out of the cage, Matt pulls Jeff out of the door, but Cesaro and Seamus drop before the Hardys can get out. Tom, how did you feel about this one? This match took me about four attempts to watch it
1: because I <laughs> kept on switching off and doing other things and having to rewind it and start it again. That's the sort of match that I found this to be. Initially, I was like, do you know what, I'm bloody glad that it's uh, an escape cage match rather than a, rather than a pin for one, because that's what I grew up with. But then I thought to myself, but it's both competitors need to be out of the ring to win, which in my mind then makes, unless you've absolutely battered both of the other team, there's no real incentive for you to go, sure, to go out of the cage, because surely you're, you're just going to lose. If you're the first person out of the cage, then it's a handicap match, effectively, and then both of the other people can get out. So what kind of happens is that that does happen. And then Jeff climbs out of the cage and gets out, which means he's no longer in the match. Then it becomes this handicap match. And Jeff then gets back into the ring, which makes him back active in the match again, which means that it's all not and void in the first place. Now, they don't explain that this is a possibility at the beginning stages of the match. Therefore, there's no way to really make it a dramatic moment. He basically just decides to get back in the ring. There's no kind of, like, um, and an They could have done it a few times where he goes to climb up, climb up the cage and Matt's like, no, don't worry, I'm fine. Or, you know, hesitates and remixes. Really he just gets straight out of the cage. And obviously, in true Jeff Hardy style, just does a mad jump off the top of the cell as well. Or the cage, sorry. But I just thought it was just a bit a bit daft. I mean, there were a couple of cool bits in there, but one thing that really did stick out to me, and I've kind of thought this in the past, and I wanted to raise it with you guys. One of the most stupid moves that Jeff Hardy does is that double leg drop he does to people's groins, where he basically puts them on the back, legs open, drops both of his legs on there, lands on his ass. Tell you what, he's gonna fucking piles, isn't he? If he ain't got piles now, then he will have some serious piles later on. But I just thought it was daft. And there's there's a really dumb bit when Jeff Hardy's out before he makes himself active again. Sheamus tries to get out of the door of the cage. Matt Hardy then stops him and then doesn't make any attempt to get out of the cage, out of the door that's basically open. It's just so crap. There's no psychology in the match about how to win it. There's just a kind of build up to kind of these, what I think they think are cool spots in the match. But there aren't. So there's like bits where like, the Heidi boys are ramming the buyer's heads into the cell, but it just doesn't look particularly effective. There's a double razor's edge that the buyer do on, on one of them, on Matt or Jeff Heidi, which again, I think people think would look cool, but it just looks a bit weird. It just doesn't look very good. I just didn't think this was very good, and there's no drama. There's no reason to care about it, really. And yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't do anything for me, this match at all.
3: I think oh. this did even less for me than it did for Tom, because I actively hated this because so when they're told about the rules uh right no pimples suppose there's one less person in the ring because you'd imagine they're going to go all fucking guns blazing these guys Jeff is wearing a long sleeve top, one of which seems quite thick on the
1: sleeves. It must be hot. So it looks quite greasy.
3: Yeah, quite hard to grip. A bit like you, Tom. A
1: bit slimy and greasy. It's slippery like an aubergine that Greg Wallace yeah. is very fond yeah. of.
0: Slippery just... like a quick brown fox in the morning. Yeah.
1: Well, that's <laughs> what you've eaten the night before.
0: <laughs> this is just really plodding.
3: And it's for every reason that Tom's outlined in that both people in a team have to get out of the rain. So where's the incentive? And the commentators even point this out. They're like, well, the trouble is, is if one of them leaves the ring, then the other one's on their own. And what that leads to is it leads to, they lost me at this point. I don't know whether it is like three or four minutes in. Sheamus hits a power bomb. I think it's to Matt Hardy. From the cage, kind of, but he's kind of stood on the top rope. But Cesaro's with him. And he power bombs Cesaro as well. I'm like, well, this is why you have to do this. Because you can't have Cesaro just stood there on the rope not leaving the ring. And I was like, this is terrible. And I likened it to an end of season mid-table clash on a hot day. They're just going through the motions. They're not really trying, I don't think, to be honest. The finish is terrible, I thought. like, There's no other way they could have gone, but because of the way the match is, the finish is just terrible. And it all it felt like was a showcase for Jeff to hit the whisper in the wind from the top of the cage. That was all it was terrible and about as disappointing as a non-smooth what was it brown fox in the morning quick brown fox yeah like a slow brown fox that's kind of agonizing
1: (laughs) and tears you up a bit
0: (laughs) early bird catches the quick brown fox the guy the guy who lays in that fox ain't coming out for nothing i'm telling you now
1: (laughs) right is gonna make a right mess of the bed
0: yeah i thought this match was fine but that's how I felt. <laughs> I just, I was like, I don't really care. I don't know if anyone really does either. And I did, I picked up on all the things you picked up on. I just thought, this is just silly. This is the truly the time when a cage match should be cage classic, i.e. pinfall and submission only, not escape. Because it makes no sense. It's fucking tag teams. And as you said, if one of them gets out, the other one's on their own. There's no incentive to, to leave the ring if you unless you leave together and they weren't trying to do that. And they made the point on commentary that the Hardys have been involved in three of these matches in the past. Mm. Uh, I think there'd been four previous t- tag team cage matches and three of them involved the Hardy boys. And yet there's still fucking shit at it. They still fall foul of the the fact that Jeff Hardy gets out of the ring. I can even remember the one they had against the Dudleys. It's 5 Series 2001, I think it is. When Jeff Hardy it's the other way around. Matt Hardy gets out of the ring first. And then Jeff Hardy goes to the top of the cage. Looks like he's about to escape. But instead turns around and does some kind of move off the top. And they lose the match. And I just thought, you know how to win this match. You've been in these matches. The commentators have made the point that you've been in these matches. How are you so phenomenally shit at them? So I just thought it was a really poor concept thought the match was fine but i just thought that the all the psychology was to shit and i hope that they learned their lesson with this one and didn't go back to it but i'm sure they have done i'm sure they have done so next up, we get a WWF Network advert. Then we get an advert hyping Neville. No, sorry. Then we get a video hyping Neville versus Austin Aries, detailing Neville's reign as Cruiserweight Champion and his previous disputed wins versus Austin Aries. The match is for the Cruiserweight Championship. It goes for 17 and a half minutes, and it ends when Neville hits the red arrow to the back of Aries and makes him then submit to the Rings of Sound. I should also say this is a submission match. Oh, man.
3: I thought this was excellent. I thought so Not not a big submission match guy. And also you've got Neville in Austin Aries. Neville in particular. You know what we're there for? It's bloody was it, red arrow, white arrow, sparrow? <laughs>
2: wood, Grand it's, Fox.
3: it's wood sparrow that he does off the top. So that's why we're here. But I just thought this was really good. It's nicely paced. They work over some body parts, my new favourite thing. <laughs> and there's a cracking finish with the old uh, with the old wood sparrow onto the back. And then the um, the rings of Saturn, which looks absolutely horrid to be in, I must say. He doesn't do the um, head spinning thing, which Perry Saturn used to do when people <laughs> were in it, which is a bit of a disappointment. But let's be honest, he's no Perry Saturn. But I thought this was just really good. I've got barely any notes on it because I just thoroughly enjoyed it. There was a cracking neck breaker through the ropes by Austin Aries, where it looks like he's going to... So he's on the outside on the apron. And it looks like he's going to neck break him and go all the way to the floor. Luckily, he doesn't. otherwise, I think Neville would probably be dead. But yeah, I thought this was really good. There is a very odd thing where there are rope counts. And I was like, hang on, this is a submission match. Surely it's no DQ. You I don't know so. whether I'm right in this. But yeah, I thought this was very good. I was trying to figure this out when I was watching it, whether it's just everything we've watched has been adequate at this point and this was well above adequate like a significant way above adequate but whether it was quite as good as i think it was or whether i was just lost in the above adequate hype that i'd worked myself into Tom.
1: i thought this match was all right i thought it was decent i won't go so far as this as, as old man did but i thought it was all right the problem is, i mean there's some great technical wrestling in there. some great stuff at the beginning lovely chain wrestling between areas and neville at the beginning neville with his Bins, bins face. You know, he makes a better heel than a baby face because he has got that bins face, hasn't he? <laughs> um, and Austin Aries has got such a late 90s boy band haircut. If he had a goatee, it'd be mm-hmm. perfect. And he's got a phenomenal jacket on when he comes down as well. Absolutely phenomenal. And there's also a sign in the crowd that says string bean section, which I didn't know what that means. <laughs> but the problem is, it's a good match, but no one gives a fuck. No mm-hmm. one cares because it's on 205 Live, which presumably no one watches. So it's just, they do their best. Like Neville does some really tries like to get the crowd engaged and heal off a little bit, but just no one, no one cares. And 17 minutes is far too long for a match that no one gives a fuck about. The match in itself was decent, but all of the situations around the match detracted from it for me. That's basically it. Oh, and the other note I've just got is that the, Neville was a fucking brilliant technical wrestler that we've talked about before. the red arrow is absolutely phenomenal because he doesn't at any point look like he's not in control. This it's, it's an absolute masterpiece move but it just was a bit yeah again it's a bit a bit, bit something or nothing really in, in the overall cons in the overall scheme of things
0: how dare you disparage 205 live uh the way you did when you consider that um cory graves suggests that it's the most exciting hour of television
1: he doesn't he do not watch the chase does he old man
0: <laughs> no he
1: fucking doesn't
3: uh tell you what if bradley walsh got involved in 205 live i'd be all over it like fucking white on race. although it, they don't do it anymore but if bradley walsh was on there Still
0: be going. My new, my latest uh, quiz show watching on uh, television is the One Percent Club, which is a cracking little uh, hour of television. I rec- highly recommend. Oh uh, no, It's that the one with Lee Mack
3: constantly making yeah, that funny jokes?
0: Yeah, oh, I right. quite like I quite like Lee Mack when he's uh, when he's not scripted. When he's scripted, yes. uh, he does stand up or he does that shit not going out. He's pathetic. But when he's off, he's off script. He's actually quite funny.
1: So do you like him on would I lie to you? Yeah. Do you know he's got this thing that every time after he tells a joke. He looks really pleased with himself It annoys (laughs) me.
0: Like old man. Yeah,
1: there's nothing wrong with that. But he's not, old man's not a professional comedian. What? He's a a Take that back. Take that back. He
3: thinks he is, but he's not. Hey, someone wants to pay me a favour to stop telling jokes. That counts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I thought this was all right. It was fine. It was fine. (laughs) Um, But that's all I've got for it. This was such a weird layout of this card. Co main event, this is. Well, I wouldn't go that that far but it's not it's not necessarily that it's just that the, the opener is 20 minutes long then you get two matches one of which is for the women's title and they last a combined 11 minutes so they're really short matches then 15 minutes for the steel Cage tag team match, and then 17 and a half minutes for these two, they're given. And then the main event's given nearly half an hour. WWE don't often indulge in that kind of length match for the last three matches on a show. And, and not that I felt it was particularly bad, it was just odd. I just don't feel like this is what WWE audiences are accustomed to, and therefore I was not expecting it.
1: Was, it, was there a, bland, a brand split? It's a bland split. That's, that sounds very fucking right. So, And this was a Raw exclusive pay-per-view, presumably? That's right. So that goes to show that like, they just didn't have enough people to put on a mm. better card. Or they had five of their stars all in the main event.
0: That's another mm-hmm. thing that they did, have. they did have. So yeah, 17 and a half minutes, it was okay. It was fine. I didn't dislike it, but the fans didn't care about it. Like you said, it's on 205 Live, or even if it wasn't, they weren't really showing the Cruiserweight division that much love other than just giving them these long matches, which is, just doesn't feel like a WWE-style match. And I felt like the crowd reacted to it accordingly because they are a WWE crowd, so why would they uh, react to it any better than they did?
3: Is it not just a ploy to get eyes on a product that's so cheap to make for them that they're just like, yeah, if we could get 10 more people watching, That'll be 11 watching
0: <laughs> And
3: they're like You know what that's a bloody win that is
0: Well if it did if that was the case Then they wouldn't have cancelled it would they earlier mm. this year And replaced it with NXT Level Up Which of course as we know The Rock is going to return on tomorrow uh, Yes On tomorrow's Incredible. episode
3: uh, you imagine if he fucking did
0: <laughs> And we
3: fucking called it But this show will come out after Yeah. So no How no one annoying that yeah, no would Yeah.
1: And, he, and he's trying to claim himself as a cruiserweight <laughs> I'll tell you
0: what, that's bloody golden, that is. That's bloody (laughs) gold content, that would be.
1: They had that with, was it with with Matt Hardy, when he was version one, where he clearly wasn't a cruiserweight, but kept on saying that he was.
0: Yeah, and they were there with, obviously, the Hollies, but the opposite, pretending they were super heavyweights uh it's time for the main event the hype starts showing mark henry <laughs> oh shit yeah sorry that's trademarked as well i shouldn't yeah. say that okay so next up it's the main event we've got a hype video showing brock lesnar winning the title at wrestlemania and kurt angle who was at the time the general manager of something announcing a five-way match for the title shot at extreme rules then we have some hype for each of the competitors in the match any thoughts on the hype video
1: Well, just it reminded me that they had a pay-per-view after this called "Great Balls of Fire" for some reason.
0: (laughs) Again, again,
1: WWE really showing that they're in touch with what's cool at the time. A Jerry Lewis song? Is it Jerry Lewis? Jerry Lewis. Jerry
0: Lee Lewis. Yeah.
1: Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. Great Balls of Fire. Like what? A song popular
0: 50 years prior.
1: <laughs> what great fact, balls of even, fire! It might even have like, been a bit closer to 60, you know. Yeah, you you can you can like get your head around the names of most other live events: Money in the Bank, Extreme Rules, even even the more abstract ones like Backlash, and Armageddon, and and what have you. Great balls of fire. <laughs> What, just like, do you know I really like that song my next pay per view is going to be called <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> do
0: you, do you know I mean? in fairness like, mate in fairness it. you obviously haven't watched Great Balls of Fire because in the middle of it there's a there's a match where basically fireballs are thrown at the ring and all the wrestlers have to try and dodge them and the last one to die is the champion do you
2: know that
1: sounds amazing <laughs> <I watch> that.
0: <laughs> that should be another round on your ITV based wrestling game show yeah definitely uh, so Corey Grave pushes Roll Talk which will follow extreme rules i I actually had a question ever watched it no who watches it do you reckon
1: i don't know you'd have to be a fucking sad sack to watch that wouldn't you
0: And apologies to any of our listeners today who did, in fact, stay tuned for the Extreme Rules rule talk after this show. I tell, no,
1: no, I what, they, need, they need the truth told to them. I, I, that's how much I love them. They need some tough love in this situation, because if you watch that, you need to get a fucking life, you loser.
0: I want you to bear in mind that we have watched this show five years after it happened. So if there is a loser here, I think we're all looking at each other right now.
1: Yeah, we knew that,
0: though. On to the main event, a near 30-minute Fatal Five-Way Extreme Rules match for a WWE, WWE Universal Championship match against Brock Lesnar at Great Balls of Fire. It features Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, and Bray Wyatt. And Samoa Joe wins the match after he manages to lock up Finn Balor in his coquina clutch and wins by what they call technical submission, at least on Wikipedia. Tom
1: three music's music is amazing then it really is that'll be the one that goes that'll
0: be the one that goes
1: is it is the bit the best bit and is a bit where it goes this oh now now now
2: now
1: now boring again i just find it so boring middling just, uh,
0: just, just ah, yeah all right all right,
1: I, all right yeah, <laughs> I, 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 bins i'd rather be in the bins <laughs> So kind of to start us off with, um, I think like basically Seth Rollins, Samoa Joe, and Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns, uh, Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor, sorry, kind of like powerful start fighting. Roman Reigns to stand there, stands in the ring, and rather than goes to show, like still how green he is at the stage, because rather than most most people in that situation, most wrestlers and most seasoned wrestlers, but kind of make make it look like they've made it a deliberate choice, but he just stands in there, don't really look. <laughs> look like he knew what he's doing he's just stood there just a bit gormlessly in the middle of the room so i would be like Ooh, I don't know what I'm doing
3: in, in fairness like I used to go for old rumours I think what he does is he walks around and he's flexing and he's just like they don't want any part of me I actually that was one of my highlights of the match because I really liked what he was doing
1: yeah, yeah, at I, this I, point I I didn't yeah. get that at all. But then Bray Wyatt and Joe basically team up and start running around. They, they do a bit where they just like run around the ring, holding the steps and running into people. Which <laughs> is so yes. fucking stupid. It's so daft. And this might, this could be MVP worthy, because I'm, I'm really struggling. It's either Rob Lowe, or <laughs> it, might be, it might be the ref with his Cracking tan because this referee's tan is absolutely phenomenal in this match. Ray, Roman Reigns is this is like
2: Ray, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ray Sawyer, aka yes. Doctor Hook. Um, is 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 not great in this match. Like he's the. the... Crowd and bowing the shit out of right into this and this is when the character is like, well there isn't a character there's nothing there and it de- shows how desperate they are to do something with him and then he's obviously eventually turned heel and become really good but it's just, there's nothing there's nothing to him in this match and there's not really anything, to, the best thing I think in this match is probably a frog smash that Seth Rollins hits on Bray Wyatt and then at some point I think he starts selling his leg, does uh, Seth Rollins and makes a, makes a great noise He's out there going, ah, nah, bins, bins. Um, <laughs> even though he's even though he's not a bins wrestler.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> <but> <laughs> I should also point out for those who haven't heard that episode, the bins wrestler doesn't mean bad. It just means he's got a funny shaped chin.
1: <laughs> funny shaped chin. It makes him like he scrabbles around the bins. <laughs>
0: But, <laughs> but yeah, I just
1: didn't I just didn't think this this was very good. It's so fucking long. And I know you got five people in it, so you can kind of make it I just didn't find it interesting and, and it it all comes back to right at the very beginning of the card in the kind of pre-match video it says orderly, predictable, cautious. And they're all crossed out in the opening video. And that is what this entire pay-per-view <laughs> is, ordinary, predictable, and cautious. There's nothing exciting that happens across the entire pay-per-view and it's summed up no better than the main event you got people who are all individually capable of having good matches at like this and yet nothing shite <laughs> do you know what it's not even shite which makes it worse
2: <laughs> you know I mean? that's, that's
1: almost worse like, i'd rather it was really shit it's all just so middling and bland and it's just the entire pay per viewers, and it? mm-hmm. it's just yeah it's not from, this no no fuck off this is this is getting to fastlane territory which i believe was also 2017 wasn't it so it was, uh, yeah. Why i feel
0: the same about it oh man give me an alternative take
3: I uh, i actually quite enjoyed this i'll be honest i thought it was just very well laid down
0: oh, because you've got
3: the bit with um, Reigns at the start where they all pair off. And I just quite enjoy that because what it does is it, it gave so all the heat's on him. He's the only guy with any heat in this match. And it, they put it all on him. And he's meant to be getting booed because he's just beating The Undertaker at Mania. He's not healed, but they're not giving him any facey, facey stuff to do. So he's just walking around getting booed. And it, I just thought it really was. I loved Samoa Joe and Bray Wyatt walking around just beating people up because it, the first five minutes is pretty like it's pretty full on, and it kind of has to be, I think, because of the pace of the rest of the card. And they just it just gives it a chance to slow down. It gives people a chance to not be in the match as well, because for that first five minutes or so, everyone is in the match, and there's five people here. Can fuck off one of you. Like, fuck off. So somebody like, Oi, you with Twitter. Fuck off. <laughs> and uh what they're also doing as well is they're using the steps. They're walking around beating people up the steps, which I enjoy. But what they're doing well is they're not so this is an extreme rules match. They're not using weapons early i feel like they kind of almost fool the audience probably because of the rest of the card as well into thinking like this is just going to be a normal like five-way thing where they just go around and they do some stuff there's a cracking DDT on the steps to seth rollins by bray wyatt and he sells it like an absolute champ doesn't let that stand little slow fall down lovely old job Reigns then so he gets whacked with the steps he comes back in the ring and he's beating everyone up and the crowd they're into it soft cunts they're into it they're not booing him and then i think they realize they're like hang on fuck fuck I'm supposed to be booing him. samoa joe then walks up to bray wyatt so that like we said they've got a, got a partnership going this is broken down joe walks up to bray wyatt looking absolutely furious oh he shit himself like, he is a terrifying man Like, he would choke me out in seconds. Just after that, big Finny B, Finny Bows, as he likes to be known. He's uh, running along the apron. He kicks Roman Reigns in the face. And he kicks him in the face.
2: Yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, Like,
3: absolutely wallops him. No cell needed. Two hours, 30 minutes and 10 seconds, if anybody wants to go back and watch it, you little perverts. And then you get a little bit where uh, some cunt, don't know who it is, takes the uh, stuff off the Spanish notes table. Crowd, as always, we talked about this many times, they're fucking frothing at the gills at this point. They're sucking each other off. They're fingering their mums. They're doing everything. <laughs> there's a fucking... There's a, <laughs> there's a table. There's a table. <laughs> and then uh, Joe and Ballard are having a little scrap. And then Roman Reigns spears both of them through the timekeeper error. Now, this is a spot we have seen about 900 times but it's fucking cracking it's a great visual like the timekeepers area just fucking explodes like a nice what is it a quick brown fox or whatever it's called in the morning and then you get the frog splash by rollins through the announce table and then you get the finish i just thought it was really well put together the last 10 minutes is cracking stuff this is much of the night by a distance and as good as this is a five-way match I hate five-way matches. I hate four-way matches. I'm not that keen on triple threat matches. Six-pack challenge. Only watched one of them, and it was actually all right. But this is as good as you can do, I think, especially given
0: it goes half hour. And I'd like to say, well done. It's a long old match. This is my match tonight as well, but I thought it was all right. I didn't. I wasn't blown away by it. Oh, alright, really, not fine, not fine, just alright. Um it not yet? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, he's also got my MVP in it this match. Um, who is a guy in the crowd who is he stood he stood on the aisle and he's got a little sign. Only a four paid, only four size, and the, the writing's not that big. But the, the the sign says, and this might be a a reference that is perhaps a little niche. San Dimas High School football rules. Is what it says, and that That's a Bill is Bill and Ted reference. Bill and Ted reference, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what a fucking hero? Yeah, and so he's my MVP because uh, that was that was the the most I chuckled or enjoyed this show as we went through. I was like, oh, that is a niche reference, love it. So yeah, I, it wasn't bad. It just I just and you know I said it was fine, but I just I think it no, was no, too no 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 you you said it was alright. Uh, sorry, it's alright. I just think it was a it was too long. I also had a problem with the fact there was a five-way match. I think now, unless they can unless they come up with a a, a kind of innovative way that a three-way or a four-way or a five-way has to happen because of something, I'm never going to be that interested in them. They've they've got to find ways, you know, if they're going to do it, they've got to make some reason why it's more than just a one-on-one i just don't like if you've got to if you've got like more than two contenders have some kind of tournament even if you've got three have them all face each other once in one-on-one matches and then take the winner of the the round robin whatever but just don't give me multi-man matches because they just they just don't mean anything to me and i think that they i just think that also Instantly within five, six minutes, everybody has to act as if they're absolutely exhausted because otherwise you can't do that thing where you've got one on one. So it's just, yeah, it's just that's the thing. You 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 put a five way match together and then you spend the entire match just giving people one on one -one fights. It's just a bit, it just seems a bit silly. I said it was all right, but I just, and it was my match tonight. But as you, to be honest, Tom, what you said earlier on was, was how I felt about this and it kind of did feel this way about the whole show which is just it was alright. just a bit all right there wasn't anything to the fact that nothing was bad apart from the women's title match was a bigger problem for me here because mm. actually not only do i quite enjoy these that these things for the watching but also i quite enjoy the conversation but i was thinking what the fuck are we going to talk about yeah because there's nothing to pull out there's no there's nothing particularly bad nothing particularly good there's no angle you can find in it there's no theme running through the show it's booked a little bit bad in places it's slightly strangely laid out but there's no bad wrestling it's just for me the problem that you know i've been harping on a bit a lot recently but also actually i remember at the time feeling this way who are any of these guys who are these people who are these people you know who is what's seth rollins what is his what is his thing at this point He's a no one. He doesn't do mm. anything. He's a baby face. Self run. It just doesn't work. Bray Wyatt is doing doing the same mysterious gimmick that he's been doing by this point for about four years.
1: But losing losing all the big matches. Though, that it would losing all the movement. big matches. Yeah.
0: But also, like you know, he's a cult follower where he hasn't got a cult, so that makes no sense. They they do the, they got the similar thing with Finn Balor, the demon, and you're like, all right, great. What's the demon? define that for me in some way other than he wears a headband with frilly bits like what is the what does that mean what does that even mean like there's no there's no context there's no additional it's just all this is a bit strange so you're going to find that is the word no substance whatsoever and so that's how i felt about this at this time in particular was it just so little substance below the surface of what people were doing
1: and going into the Roman Reigns of it all as well, because he kept the same get-up and the same music, he just looks like the one person who's hanging on to his Shield of glory days as well, who hasn't moved on. Do you know what I mean? It's not even as if like he's got a new look or a new gimmick or anything like that. It's still just like, you're like oh no, guys, remember that? He's he's the guy who's still like he's the guy who's talking about how amazing things were in school all the time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Hey, remember the time he wedged fucking Barry behind the bins? <laughs> Everyone's like, fuck off, chap, Roman. You're boring me. <laughs> also,
3: the problem is is that the main focus of this pay per view is someone who's not even there, mm. Lesnar, and that Lesnar is my MVP because <laughs> he gets he gets a better showing on this card than I think anyone, and he's not even there.
0: Did we establish who your MVP was in the end, Tom? I'm okay it for the referee for his time in the main event. No, 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 I'm not. I'm giving it
1: to KFC. KFC is my MVP. And <laughs> <laughs> what was your match of the night? Um, KFC. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> I guess by virtue of it being a good technical match, I'm probably going to say the Cruiserweight match. But I'm not exactly thrilled by it.
0: Um, My overall score for this show is a five. It's all right. All of it's all right. It's perfectly well wrestled. I mean, let's be honest. That's that's not an issue, and that wasn't an issue. I think it's actually a little bit of an issue now in WWE. I do think there's a lack of wrestling talent in in WWE at the moment. But then, I don't think it was at all an issue. But then, I don't think it was. I don't think it was an issue. Everything was fine in the ring, but just there's just nothing doing there was nothing happening it just didn't feel like there was any real reason to care for about anything and, and i felt again watching the show and i didn't expect to because i thought well it's a long time ago now this, this could, you know i'll have a new perspective on it and unfortunately did not so only a five for me uh tom what was your score out of 10
1: i think you're incredibly generous i'm giving this a three I would never watch anything
0: on this. Not show that, ever not again. that incredibly generous. Then, really, I mean, that's only two points lower.
1: <laughs> I, I think anything other than a three. I think anything above a three is incredibly generous. There's nothing, nothing of any consequence whatsoever on this card, and it didn't even have. It wasn't even so shit that there was humor in it. It's not like when you watch one of those old WCW shows that are like, like the, like the late nineties, where it's so dreadful. That you've got to find humor in it i couldn't even do that with this it's very similar to fastlane 2017 the only thing that makes this better is that there's less of my list of cunts on this on this card i think <laughs> and that's the only thing that stops it from being a 2 it's oh, that man. it's not the fact that it's not fastlane 2017 <laughs> makes it a 3 <laughs> um,
3: i i'm going to give this a 5 as well because i think by the end of by the last two matches i think the mediocrity and won me over because Tinky summed it up. There's nothing bad. Like the women's match, obviously, before we started this, I, in my head, I was like, well, Bailey gets injured. So that's why it's even shitter than I think it may have ended up being. But we found out that that's not true through the wonders of the internet. But like Tinky's been saying, he's been beating this fine drum. And he's right because it is fine. I, got a lot of enjoyment out of a 13 minute main event which if you'd told me that before i started watching it i would have said you can fuck off with twitter but as is you can stay but twitter can fuck off you know what we've watched far worse shows than this but i do completely agree with tom in that we have watched far worse shows with at least a bit of fun it's not a lot of fun. There's a bit of Rich Swan dancing with Sasha Banks. I forgot to say, Sasha Banks, a bit of a crap dancer. Yeah, not I the thought, best. Yeah. yeah, I thought. But then she's also like, it's Rich Swan's moment. Isn't it? So you don't want to be bringing out the fucking big moves. Like fucking me at a wedding. You don't want to be bringing those fucking moves out. You know what? There's a 20-minute missing and Dean Ambrose match that I didn't hate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, the- it's, be- it's better than Dean Ambrose versus Chris Jericho, that fucking... Show we watched from 2016.
3: Mm. I could have a bout of quite serious food poisoning. <laughs> that would be like just short of putting me in hospital, and I think that would probably be preferable to watching Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho <laughs> walk around the ring looking bored.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I, I I think the thing is though with Tom, I, where I do completely understand where you're coming from, and we've we've managed to allay these fears. So I should say that right now. But I was actually a little bit not looking forward to talking about it. That's mm. that's why I found it a little bit where I find it troubling because it was fine. It just wasn't, there was nothing you could go. You know, I, I like to find an angle about things. I like to kind of make some assessment that perhaps people haven't thought of before. There's just nothing about this. It, it was just so, so generic. And mm. I th- one thing I, actually, one thing I will say about it, the better WWE gets at producing their show, the more efficient they become at producing it, the more I find it difficult to watch.
1: Mm, yeah i know what you mean
0: so like back in like 98 when raw was on fire partially that was because it was so unpredictable because you felt Mm. a little bit like they were still figuring out what the hell they do or how Mm. they make it now they make it so slickly so well it's so well produced and so perfectly done there's No element of 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 unpredictability about it, and you just just know everything that's going to happen. And that's how I felt about this show. It's like we know how to do wrestling now. We've completed it. We're we're done. Here's a a standard version of wrestling. Good luck. Enjoy. And Mm. some a lot of people will. It just isn't for me.
3: So are you saying we need more of Vince Russo?
0: Well, maybe, maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's what 2022 wrestling needs. No, hmm. but we do need something where I think ret- I've said it before. I think that wrestling companies need to challenge themselves more. They need to take things off the table that they rely on and say, we're not allowed to use that for a while to come up with new things. So if it's, you know, I I don't know, perhaps in AEW, it's we just need to we're not allowed to, I don't know, have six matches every episode of Dynamite. Sometimes we've got to have seven or eight and other times we can have three, but we can't just always have six because it's so formulaic. If you're WWE, you're like, I don't know, maybe we're not allowed any we're not allowed to do any in-ring promos for a year. Everyone's got to do their promos somewhere else, somewhere else in the building, because it's so formulaic. Just anything that kind of just makes them think about how they're going to do things in a different way and makes them uncomfortable so that the show feels a little bit less predictable because it's just too slick. It's just too good. So that is the show for this week. Old man, thank you for joining me today. Before we go, it's
3: a bit of disturbing news. I say news, probably quite old. But Vince Russo once went by the ring name Mr. Wrestling 3. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. All you got to do is rate, review, and remember Ken
1: Patera.
0: And Tom, thank you for your contributions as well.
1: I'm not wanting to stamp on that old man's taste so much, but let's not forget orderly, predictable, and cautious. <laughs> Cunts, now and forever. <laughs>
0: This has been the random wrestling review. we we'll be has been the. This has been. This has been the random wrestling review. <laughs> we'll be back again next week. But until then, take care. Wish.